This is Crohn's and Colitis Foundation Perspectives on ReachMD. The following episode is brought to you by the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation and the American Gastroenterological Association. I'd like to welcome you to the Clinical Care Congress 2019 in Las Vegas, Nevada. We've just completed the guidelines uh, session. Joining me today is Marla Dubinsky from Mount Sinai Hospital in New York. And Marla, I'd like to pose to you a question. What were your thoughts on the session we had? What was exciting and novel? So when it came to guidelines, I think really something that was special that stood out to me is having all the different speakers from other disease states. Echo guidelines were shared with us as well and sort of their process, as well as the talk about Cochrane analysis, you know, the idea that not every systematic review that is giving rise to the guidelines may be the best way to look at the data. And I think what came out for me, and I think we both sort of challenged this idea, is that IBD is really nuanced and there's an art to managing IBD that guidelines are good up until a certain point. And I think we made the point that after that, there's an art and a specialty that goes into managing IBD patients that is not necessarily algorithmic. Do you agree? I agree. I think it really was brought forth in the meeting that uh, not every patient can fit into a guideline. And the difficulty is you're on the front line seeing a patient where the patient is there trying to understand things and saying, what does this apply to me? How does it apply to me? And particular areas are not always addressed. I think they're good structures to really learn what's out there and to get the evidence. And the level of the evidence was really the most impressive factor that was brought forth at the meeting. Some of this is eminence-based versus evidence-based, and it's really contingent upon the contingent upon the individual who's practicing to make clinical decisions based on the best evidence. So, all in all, it really brought forth the evidence-based approach, the clinical approach without the evidence and really discuss the appropriateness and the shortcomings of guidelines. Um, The the question I pose to you again as well is, um, what in the future would you like to see in guidelines? Is the way we do them the right way, or are there things we should change in the way we do them? I think in order for us to think about how can our peers take what we talked about yesterday and then implement it into practice, I think that we need to start thinking about stratifying our patients because as we talked about this cookie cutter concept that all you see is the same and you brought that up that not all Crohn's patients are the same not all you see patients maybe we have to have sort of a guidance as to how to approach for example an 18 year old with left-sided colitis who has moderate disease activity but has a risk factor that says that patient is at high risk for colectomy you know as an example we don't have guidelines for that so I think being able to understand that there are certain parts of current guidelines and the new ACGUC guidelines and um, the Crohn's guidelines uh, that came out really says to us that you need to take parts of it and see how that fits into the patient that's sitting in front of you. Do do you think that's a right way to think about it? I agree. And, And part of the difficulty, Marla, that we have is we don't have comparative effectiveness trials in particular in relationship to the biologics and small molecules. And it's difficult to make those decisions, which is the best for an individual patient. We look at things such as serum albumin. We look at the severity of the disease. We look at the onset of disease. 
does a particular medication cover the extraintestinal manifestations well? And in our knowledge base upon the clinical trials and the evidence we have, we try to make the best decision for the patient so the patient has the best outcome. But it's not always data-driven with level one, level A data, if you would. It's based on our assessment of the literature we have. So the guidelines don't give the answer for everything that we do. Yeah, I think also the idea that one of the top um, guidance that the audience had requested by filling out a survey in advance, which was really great for the workshop, was the idea that, as you were starting to allude to, what, how do we prioritize our treatment strategy, meaning which therapy, when, because sequence matters, and do we have enough data to start guiding them on which therapy? Because I think that's what they were asking for us is not necessarily you scope a patient, you then start with this therapy. I don't think that's as much the question. It's more, I know how to diagnose IBD. I know sort of basic guidance of how I should approach it, but I don't know which treatment to use for which patient. And the current guidelines can't because we're not at an era of precision medicine yet. We have some clues, but we're not there yet. So I think the audience was really hungry for wanting to know, help me choose my therapy for the, for the patient. And we're, we're evolving, we're learning, I think, and that's what's come about. We're taking steps that are at the appropriate level. The rheumatologic literature does give that guidance as to which agent is appropriate to use first. So I think we've got some take-home messages for the audience. What would yours be, Marla? My key take-home message is that there are important parts of all guidelines that will relate to the patient that is in front of them. And I think sharing with patients how physicians have sort of gotten the guidelines together, the two, you know, the two stakeholders of the physician and the patient can together say, this is the guideline that will most apply to you, and this is what I'm going to follow. And if I run into a roadblock because that guidance didn't quite get me where I wanted to go, I am nimble or flexible enough to pivot to think about things differently. And I think the ability to pivot is really important. I agree. I think joint decision-making with the patient and the healthcare deliverer, whether that be a nurse practitioner, physician, or other, is critical. And recognizing the appropriateness and the shortcomings of the data we have, but trying to assimilate together the best decision that will give the patient the best potential outcome. And also we touched upon depression and anxiety, how they may influence individual patients' quality of life as well, and I think quality of life should be one of the key focuses that we have. I agree so 100%. I'd like to thank everyone for joining us today. Uh, we've just completed the clinical guidelines session, and hopefully this is useful for your practice. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. You've been listening to Crohn's and Colitis Foundation Perspectives. To access other episodes of this series, visit ReachMD.com slash foundation, where you can be part of the knowledge.